Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Musical Theatre Mixtape Podcast. I am Connor. And I'm Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing Are you excited? Day 24601 in lockdown and day one of musical mixtape. Brilliant. How's your day been today? It's all right. I had a lion. I can't lie. Another yeah. lion. Another lion. I don't think there's been a day in this lockdown where I've woken up early. No, does the time Maybe. of 10 o'clock in the morning even exist anymore? I'd say that's when I wake up every day. Oh, you're doing better than me then. Yeah, I set an alarm. I wake up at 10, then I actually get out of bed a lot later than 10. Yeah, I wake up like 12 and get out of bed a lot later than 12. My main problem is I currently have a haircut like a Lego man. Good, who did it? I know, that's the thing, I haven't had it cut. Oh, I see. (laughs) So it's, it's just grown into a bowl shape. Nice. So I... Don't do anything without a hat on now. I've had a haircut. Who did it? Did you do it? No, my boyfriend Stephen did it. Uh, Interesting. I'm in lockdown by myself, so I don't want to even attempt to do it on my own. We we broke the um, we broke the clippers doing my hair. Oh, you'd have to wait until we buy some new ones. Have you ordered them? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I put sun cream on today. Because I went out to the field to have a little lay down. And I forgot how great sun cream smells. I mean, I feel like it's an acquired scent. It's like petrol for me. I love the smell of petrol. I love the smell of sun cream. I'm with you there. We are in for an absolute banger of a first episode today. We have my friend from home, Wade Ablett, coming in. You've never met him before. I haven't. Ever. Um, I've seen his iTunes and it is full of musical theatre. Maybe, I'd say close to every single musical ever. Okay, Okay, that's an exaggeration, but but... he he knows what he's on about. Yeah. So let's get straight into it. The first episode of the musical theatre mixtape with Wade Ablett. Hi, Wade. Hiya, boys. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you for coming on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Been out in the sunshine, um, socially distancing, not, of course. not seeing my loved ones. So I'm doing great. Great. Now, for people that don't know you, how would you describe yourself? How would you, what are you? What do you do? What am I? I'm a human being. Um, great. I'm about 5'9". Um, I, I, I joke, I joke. I am... Um, I am a musical theatre nerd by kind of passion. I I do a lot of composing and directing. Um, I got into it through doing a lot of performing, but I tend to do a lot more behind the scenes these days, but I still pop up and perform kind of as and when. You know, I love kind of doing it all, really. But, yeah, my main passion is kind of in the composing and the direction and also a bit of a amateur musical theatre historian, and that's where the nerdy side kind of comes in. Now, you mentioned the composing. Yeah. Do you want to do a shout out for your shows that you got? Oh, that you've written. I would love to. Um, you can't currently see them anywhere because obviously the theatre world's closed down. But um, I, I've spent about six or seven years working on a musical called Tunswick, which um, is a completely original story. I've written about a, a small village that kind of comes under attack by. Um, like property developers and they kind of need to earn some money to win their village back from them. So they enter a big TV talent contest. It's very kind of like calendar girls meets glee meets pitch perfect kind of thing. Um, so that's been in the pipeline for a long time. We did that earlier. Uh, well, we did that late last year, I should say. And as soon as kind of we get the all clear to kind of go back into the theatres, we're hoping to get it staged again somewhere else. So that's, that's the big one. Love it. Now, the only one of your shows that I was involved in was a concert recording that never got recorded. Yeah. <laughs> of, of A Midsummer Night's Dream, the musical. Yeah, best laid plans. I um, I, I wrote this uh, musical version of Midsummer Night's Dream. The, it, the kind of plan for it was... Um, as, as a kind of show to be licensed out to schools and youth groups and really kind of aimed at that demographic. Um, and the best way to do that is recording like a cast recording. So they've got something to reference. So you're on board as we're a cast of incredibly talented, um, other talented people. Um, and then we still did the concert, but all the recording <laughs> fell through. So we, we did a lovely concert, but no, no one will ever hear it. <laughs> no one will ever hear it. Right. Are you ready? As to create your musical theatre mixtape. I think so. I think so. Here we go. Right. Wade, first of all, how did you get into theatre? Let's talk about that. Well, I was quite late into the game. I think a lot of people who do amateur theatre tend to do it from quite a young age. Um, I was... Apart from, you know, listening to the odd thing, I, I didn't really get really into it until I was about 13 or so. But the big thing for me was um, the, the VHS of Donny Osmond and Joseph. Oh. Um, any, anyone who has seen that will know exactly what I mean, especially if they've seen it as a child. Yeah. Um, me, me and my older brother, we would watch that nightly, um, kind of before going to bed. <laughs> to, to this day, I can recite it for you word for word, and I will right now. No, <laughs> I want all the cards in order. <laughs> but no, yeah. So 
Joseph will always be a big, big um, influence to me. And it's a shame because people always really, you know, slag it off. But I, I love it. I absolutely love every second of it. That's something that I experienced when I was at Bird. Quite a lot of people hated Joseph. Yes. And I I would not stand for it. I would I, I would yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people hate it because it's kind of cool to hate it. But I'm like, yeah. but it, it's it's catchy. It's fun. And it, it, it is it doesn't pretend to be anything it's not, which is kind of why I like yeah. it. Yeah. You have to take it for what it is. It was written as a school show. Yeah, it's a fluffy, fun right. piece and it it's just what it is. It it achieves its goal. Yeah. Moving on to the next question. What was the first musical you ever saw? Mm, the first musical I ever saw? Well, I, I remember, I think as most people did, seeing The Lion King when I was very young. But I, I could not tell you anything about The Lion King. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I was too young to remember a second of it. Um, but I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> um, the first one I really remember seeing was um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the Palladium yeah. with Michael Ball and um, who else was in that? Brian Blessed and Emma Williams. Like, Class. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing that and being absolutely blown away. Richard O'Brien as the child catcher. Richard O'Brien as the child catcher and the car flew. Yes. <laughs> it flew. My little like eight-year-old mind like, was Couldn't blown. comprehend it. I was like, no how? How did I do that? Yeah, that was that was the first musical I saw, I think, at the Palladium. Yeah. And I will always remember the car flying. Yeah. I, again, being eight years old and not particularly interested in musical theatre at the time, I don't remember an awful lot about it, but I just remember being yeah. absolutely engrossed in it and enchanted by it. Okay. Speaking of you being an eight-year-old boy watching theatre... What is a song that reminds you of your childhood from a musical? So, yeah, I've already kind of touched on this, but when I thought of childhood, Joseph was the only thing that came to mind. However, and I don't know if this is just, I've got this subconscious thing of always being like a bit of a stray from the pack, but um, for some reason, there's one song in that show that I've always loved. Like, it's always been my favourite song from that show. And it's Pharaoh's Dreams Explained, which, if you don't know, is only about a minute long. And it's it, it it's the it's the silliest, shortest song in the show, where it's just Joseph telling the Pharaoh, oh, this is what your dreams mean. Um, <laughs> and it's only about a minute long, but for some reason, that has always been my absolute favourite song in that show. And it's just a reprise of an earlier song as well. But whenever that yeah. comes on, I'm going to Bop Town. It's, it's, it's a tune and a half. <laughs> I mean, I can't. That's not one that particularly sticks out in my memory. Like, no, I can't I even think about how it goes. Seven years of bumper crops are on their way. It, it, it's, oh yeah, it, yeah, it's silly. Um, the, I think the bit people always remember from it is the "Who this man could be? I just yeah. don't. Who this man could?" Um, yes. it, it's so silly. It's so stupid. It was a close tie, and I, I don't. I think it does count as musical because it literally has musical in the title. But um, I potentially was thinking of Every Day from High School Musical 2. Because, again, kind of straight yes. back a little bit. Set Connor started on High School that, Musical. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that would set Connor off. But um, <laughs> I think people people often leave Every Day off the, their favourite High School Musical song list. But every, yeah. every, every Day is number one for me every day of the week. 
So for me, with High School Musicals, High School Musical 2 is my least favourite out of the trilogy. Yes. Yeah, it was really nice coming on the podcast, Connor. Um, <laughs> see you later. But Every Day is the best song from number two. Okay. And it's, it's better... Saved it. It's better than quite a few of the songs in the trilogy, but as a film, it's just, number two doesn't do it for me. I don't know why two. Just I've always had a soft spot for it, and it's that mm. song. It's all soft and lovely, and then suddenly the breakdown, and everyone's on live every day. Now it's just so oh, it's emotional. It, it's it's Troy and Gabriella coming like, back together. I feel like you're just getting tired of Troy and Gabriella duets. We get it. We get the point. Yeah. Bam, they bring it right back. There we go. They reel us back in. Yes. It's a great choice. So are you going with Pharaoh's Dreams Explained? Uh, as, or uh, every day? As pathetic as it sounds in comparison to this epic I've just done. <laughs> I, I, I will always have the biggest soft spot for Pharaoh's Dreams Explained from Joe's <laughs> and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Coat. Good choice. <laughs> great. Great. It could be Great any one. dream will do. It could be <laughs> Joseph's coat. Nope, 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 nope. Pharaoh's dreams, dreams explained. <laughs> Brilliant. Not even the mega mix. Not even the mega mix. Can uh, beat it. I, I feel like I feel like you should have had a whole other question about favorite mega mix. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I I have done a many many warm ups to the Joseph mega mix. Oh, I'm yeah, very jealous. I'm very jealous. And I think. I have found, or I haven't found it, but I did a warm up to a hairspray mega mix at one point. Cool. But I've never been able to find it since, so I feel like they must have made it themselves. One, one of my favourite mega mixes, and probably the cheesiest one, is the summer holiday mega mix because there's just nothing like that incredibly white music just stuck to Being a big old techno beat. <laughs> <laughs> I might add that in actually. Number two can be. Favourite Mega Mix. In which case, it's the Summer Holiday Mega Mix. <laughs> the go. Summer Holiday Mega Mix. Great. On to the next question. Yeah. A song from your favourite musical. Oh, now, this is obviously a tough question. This was probably the toughest one on there. Getting it in early. The hardest question. Yeah. Controversial, because I don't actually have a favourite musical. I, I I kind of agree with you there. I've kind of got yeah. three that kind of like keep overtaking each other and then dropping yeah. back. And um, I think for me, it's whatever I'm listening to at the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, my 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 big choice has got one of those kind of nostalgia moments to it, um, which helps it. But um, for me, it was a fight between Parade um, and. Mm. Again, I know there's a lot of uh, parade stands out there, so I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> appreciate that. Um, you're in town, which I've done several times, and it's pro- that that is probably my favourite. But just tipping over purely because of nostalgia, and again, this is one I watched on video that like really made me decide I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. Is Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, mm. Little Shop of Horrors is just such a masterpiece of a show. Again, it kind of comes across like silly and fluffy, but that's kind of the genius of it. And it's a similar thing of Town in that it's an incredibly smart show disguised as an incredibly stupid show. Um, yeah. And very specifically, 
Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors. Because um, one, it's an absolute banger. But two, I just became obsessed when listening to it to kind of ideas of counterpoint of the different melodies lapping over the top of each other and the building and the excitement. It's such a perfect semi-opening number because it's not the opening number, but it, it's yeah. it's um, a lot of shows kind of do the secondary opening number that kind of gives us more of an idea of the, the larger world they're in. And Skid Row just does that so perfectly on top of just being an absolute banger. An absolute banger it is, yeah. Now, for you're in town... I have to say, I'd never heard of it until we did it back home. Yeah, I think a lot of people were the same. And that's kind of why I love doing shows like that, because I, I love people discovering these yeah. weird, weird shows. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, but it's... I'll it's throw a... my hands up right now. So I've never even heard you're in town. I've whoa, heard obviously not listening to it. Yeah, you need to you need to listen to it. The, se- the second this finishes, go find Run Freedom Run. I think one one listen to Run Freedom Run and you're in. You, you get it. Yeah, it's Hunter Foster. It's he's incredible. Yeah, Hunter Foster is incredible. Who was also Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors on Broadway. Um, mm-hmm. So there we go. Um, but no, Year in Town's a great one. But you are going with Skid Row from, Skid Little, Row Shop from Little Shop of Horrors. Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors. I had to pick a song from a favorite musical. Uh, without question, I think it it had to be that. Great. Now, this is linking on to that last question. A song from a favourite musical that you've performed in. Well, this, I feel like I know this answer. Yes, well, this out. is uh, where I lucked out because uh, as you're in town was the second to my uh, my previous question. I thought, well, lovely. I'm going to chuck it in here. So uh, yeah. loads and loads of shows I've absolutely loved. and I've done, I, I was lucky enough to direct you're in town. It's the show it's a show I always wanted to put on myself because there were so many moments on it I really understood and there's so many great characters and I kind of knew exactly what I, what I wanted to get out of all of them. So I absolutely loved directing it. But the kind of curse of directing is if there's a good part in it, you constantly think, oh, I, I, I wish I was in it. Um, yeah. So then luckily about less than a year later, I was able to do it again um, in Ipswich rather than Colchester where we did it originally and got to play Bobby Strong. Um, Bobby is such a wonderful part and as I've just said Run Freedom Run is such an incredible song such a total yeah. force of a song Nat 2 shows so much energy yeah and the thing with Act 2 of you're in town is that it's kind of like showstopper after showstopper like you kind of have big number after big number but this one you're in town ta- um, excuse me this one Run Freedom Run is just it just stops the show cold it's such a great gospel number so that it just had to be Run Freedom Run from you're in town um, next question, song from the last musical you were in? The last musical I was in. So last October, I directed a production of A New Brain, which is a very, very obscure... It it, it's an obscure show with a couple of really famous songs in it. So people kind of know a few of the songs, but don't tend to know this show. Um, it's written yeah. by William Finn, who wrote um, Falsettos and... Uh, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which are all shows I also really love. Um, but this is another show I'd wanted to do for years and years and years and was lucky enough to direct it. However, as kind of happens a lot in kind of amateur or community theatre, we had quite a last minute uh, casting change and, you know, things changed around. So I ended up having to take on quite a small role in the show, um, which I, it sounds like a chore, but as you can imagine, I was like, 
yes, this will be fun. Um, <laughs> so the character I played was only a small, small role, but it had a few lovely featured moments. And one of them was singing the opening to Heart and Music, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous song. It's one of these songs that I say that's kind of really um, lived on past the show. It's It's used a lot in kind of third year showcases and musical theatre concerts and things like that it's a, it's a gorgeous song, gorgeous harmonies um, so I couldn't pick any song from that show I loved the whole thing but getting to sing that specific song with the whole company, it had to be Heart of Music from A New Brain Boom, I've not heard of that song before Whoa, whoa From, okay. from A New Brain I only know the classic Rugby Sailing Yeah, that's the big one that That's the only one that I've Classic first year Bud College rap Yes, <laughs> every boy singing I'd Rather Be Sailing. Yeah, it happens, it happens. <laughs> but I will, from this podcast, go and listen to the cast recording of A New Brain. Uh, it's one of those shows that probably on first listen, you're like, what on earth is this? Very but strange. there's the occasional song that comes through that you're like, okay, this is gorgeous, first time through. Yeah. And Heart of Music is definitely one of those. Yeah. And it's Jonathan Groff. Oh, is it? Oh, Jonathan Groff does do um, the cast recording, yes. Although, okay. um, being a, a huge fan, I would recommend listening to the, the 1990s cast recording, which has Malcolm Getz on it. Um, purely just, I love it. I love it. I, I can't, it, the Jonathan Groff one is wonderful, but I'm just such a, I'm, a as a purist, I'd definitely <laughs> recommend listening to the original cast recording. Um, now, I just thought of this question. It might be the same as one of the previous answers that you've already given, but we'll see. What is your favourite song from a show you've directed? I feel like it's going to be You're in Town, isn't it? You're in Town is probably my favourite show I've directed by far. Um, just because it was the one I wanted to do for so long and kind of really understood Inside Out. But there have been some absolute corkers. Um, I've directed Betty Blue Eyes and there's some amazing songs in Betty Blue Eyes. Also, Our House and most recently, Big Fish. Um, and if you don't know Big Fish, that's again another incredible score. It's just such a huge sound um, and just amazing Andrew Lipper music. Andrew Lipper also did Adam's Family and yeah. Good Man, Charlie Brown and things like that. Um, so I think I would have to say Something from Big Fish, or I'm trying to think which one. Oh, Time Stops from Big Time Fish stops. Is, is the most gorgeous duet about love at first sight. It, it, it's just absolutely stunning. The lyrics are gorgeous. And that whole score is, score is gorgeous. So it's a, it's a tough choice, but Time Stops yeah. is an incredible song. It is. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So a song from a musical you would like to be in. Uh, so for years and years, I mean, I think everyone builds up uh, dream roles kind of as they go. Either, either they see something, they think, oh, I want to do that or hear something. Um, and for years, mine were Little Shop of Horrors and Urinetown. And luckily, I've been able to do Urinetown, and I've been able to direct Little Shop of Horrors, so that's kind of close enough. And yeah, um, as much as I like to be a Seymour, I think I'm much more of a Mushnik. So, um, <laughs> so that I've kind of let that one go a little bit. Um, again, there's kind of a few fighting it out for me. I was thinking of um, Quasimodo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Because um, that score is just absolutely epic. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about out there. Um, that that's such a huge, huge epic show to the point where I think I don't know if people would like how often that show would even come about because it's so huge and enormous um, yeah. in all aspects. And then similarly, I was thinking of um, Ragtime, which um, is an incredible show. I know we saw that uh, the the Charing Cross Theatre, Connor. Um, yes, and they, it they, was the, that was the first I'd seen of it. Yeah. I didn't know that one before, and I left bawling my eyes out. Yeah, that was an incredible production because similarly, I was thinking Ragtime is famous for being an enormous show, and they mm. they so geniusly kind of shrunk it right down and got to like the bare bones of it. On top of it, um, being at the Muso, which I found incredible, as it's it's yeah. it's two and a half hours long and basically sung through. So for for that to be at the Muso, I thought it was incredible. Um, Tata in Ragtime is a gorgeous, gorgeous um, character who I would love to play. Um, he sings an amazing song called Gliding, so I was thinking of oh. that. Yeah, Glide, Gliding yeah. is such a gorgeous song. Um, sung to his younger daughter, so I think that is a dream role, but I've got a few years, I think, before I can get away with having a, a daughter. <laughs> I, I say that, that's the justification, but I... I've been saying that for so long that I think I'm actually pretty close to that <laughs> to that age. You're close now. to the age now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the big one for me, which it's kind of always been in the back of my mind, but in the last couple of years has become massive, is George in Sunday in the Park with George. Mm. Um, okay. That it's oh, such oh. a genius show. 
I think especially as someone who, is, without sounding pretentious, kind of thinks of themselves as an artist, either as a musician or, you know, I have dabbled in art as well. It, it's so geniusly, it, it encapsulates all the feelings that, you know, you kind of feel about writer's block or artist block or anything like that on top of just a very like, human narrative and finishing the hat from Sunday in the Park with George, I think is probably Stephen Sondheim's masterpiece. As much as I love Sweeney Todd and I love Assassins and things like that, I think finishing the hat is the simplest and most complicated song he's ever written. And it, it just moves me beyond words every single time I hear it. So that that is my absolute number one is finishing the hat from Sunday in the Park with George. Beautiful stuff. Right, now this is one that me and you had to clarify. Yes. This question. The question is, a song from a musical that you'd happily scrap, but in that, I mean the musical that you'd scrap. You wouldn't scrap the song, you'd scrap the whole show. Yes, yes. I had. This is one I had a bit of a tough time with. Um because most musicals, I think if it was the other way around, there's a lot of shows I'm like, oh, I hate that bit. Let's get rid yeah. of that. But then I'm the like, skip song in the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, even like the shows I love, there are, there are moments like that. Um, however, again, I was struggling to think of one specific one because I think most shows are, you know, there, there's something to them. Yeah. But I've got an absolute hatred for for money-grabbing shows. And what I mean by that are shows that are put together with absolutely no, like, passion or love behind them. It's just like, oh, people like these songs from the 80s. Let's put them all <laughs> together in a very generic plot um, yeah. and send them on their way. Um, I'd feel very cruel kind of naming names, but a few big ones that came to mind were The Bodyguard because um, that just seemed very convenient when that popped up <laughs> um not long after Whitney Houston's death and Dreamboats and Petticoats which um I saw and thoroughly enjoyed mainly because um our good friend Rob Gathercole was in it yeah um, shout out Rob Gathercole shout out Rob Gathercole you absolute genius um but the show itself is just it's just an excuse to make some money and there's no kind of art or passion behind it um so I think Dreamboats and Petticoats for me is the biggest culprit of that. So what's the song from Dreamboats and Petticoats? Let's say the do-ron-ron from Dreamboats and Petticoats <laughs> because those shows can just get in the bin for me. They're just not for me. Yeah. Now, of course, everyone's going to have their own opinion. Of course. If you disagree with this opinion, don't take it out on anyone. Please, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to have to like delete no, my social hey. media, please. <laughs> I'm sure there's a show that you don't like that Wade is absolutely in love with, so it works both ways. Um, that, yeah, that is just my opinion, and uh, I'll say it really loudly, but <laughs> please don't hurt me. <laughs> a song from your Guilty Pleasure musical. Oh, Guilty Pleasure musical. I, I love this. Uh, again, usually I justify Joseph as this, and I think most people yeah, do I like think, Joseph. I think me too. It's my Guilty Pleasure. I think, I think Joseph is kind of the definition of Guilty Pleasure musical. Um, but I felt a bit boring saying Joseph again. So <laughs> the, the 
a big one for me, and this is another show I've directed that I really enjoy, is Zeusical. Um, okay. The musical featuring the songs of Dr. Zeus, oh, featuring Dr. Zeus characters. Um, because it it's the music in that show is far better than it has any right to be. <laughs> it's the stupidest uh, show kind of a- aimed at kids and Dr. Zeus is obviously all very nonsensical and and silly, yeah. but then it's Aaron's and Flaherty who also wrote, or they wrote Ragtime and um, Anastasia and lots of these epic, epic musicals. Um, incredible composers, uh, Man of No Importance, which are Streets of Dublin's from. I know kind of, um, you're yes. a big Streets of Dublin fan. Um, I am, I love that song. Yeah, they're incredible composers. So they, they took this silly, silly show and wrote the most incredible score to it. Um, Nearly every song is, it's just, it's just huge. And it's not even just these big orchestral pieces. There's incredible, like funky jazz and soul and all sorts in it. And it's, again, it's just so much better than it has, it has any right to be. Um, similarly with Legally Blonde, I nearly picked Legally Blonde for this. I think Le- Legally Blonde could easily have really rubbish kind of bubblegum pop music and get away with it because of the style it is. But then, the composers wrote one of the most like, intricate and difficult scores yeah. to like any musical in the last like 20 years. Obviously um, me and you did that show back home, didn't we, we did, Wade? We did. And me and Nick also did it in our third year at we Bird. Indeed. So we've all got that in common. Yeah. And I, guess, <laughs> I think a lot of people love that show. I think especially if they've done it, people really love that show. Yeah. Um, so I, ne- I nearly picked Good something fun. from that, but for me, it has to be Alone in the Universe from Zeusical, because again, the Horton the Elephant has absolutely no right to make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does every time with that song. So, the final question, the big one. What is your favourite overture? I love an overture, and it makes me so sad that kind of overtures are so... They're dying out now, aren't they? So outdated, yeah. Just people don't have the attention span. And nothing angers me more than kind of sitting in a theatre and the overture starts, and everyone's still kind of chatting and checking their phones, and I'm just like, shut up! (laughs) Listen to the lovely music! Um, (laughs) It annoys me so much. Um... And oh, there were so many. The, the most iconic one for me is easily Gypsy. Um, yes. The Gypsy yeah. Overture is just, it kind of defines, like overtures were so kind of basic for years and years. And then Gypsy came along and just blew it out of the water. Just It's kind of like a showstopper at the start of the show. It's, it's an incredible, incredible yeah. uh, overture. Um, I also thought of Zeusical again. Um, again, I didn't want to use the same show twice. But um, especially if you listen to the Broadway cast recording, it it's just so energetic and so fun. And um, similar to what I was saying to Joseph, I love it when something just does what it's supposed to do. And I think that's that's good musical theatre writing in that it's not trying to be high art. It's just they had a job they wanted to do and they succeeded with it. And that's what the Zeusical Overture does. It gets you right ready for this silly over the top action and it does it perfectly however my number one and this is probably the most obscure in my list um which is a nice fun one to end on with a nice obscure song <laughs> but um is a musical called amour which played very very briefly in london last year 
um, at the Charing Cross Theatre and very briefly on Broadway about 15 years ago or so. Um, and the overture from Amour is... It starts off a cappella, like a vocal a cappella piece, and even the when the orchestration comes in, it's very, very light. And it's just this incredible um, vocal layering piece, and it just it, the whole show is set in 1940s France, and you just get that straight away. It's got this beautiful Parisian feel, and it's helped that it's an incredible cast. There's so many people who are on that cast recording before they were kind of big, like people like Norm Lewis is on that and okay. um, Christopher Fitzgerald, um, just some incredible performers. Um, and it, it just, it transports you to this, this gorgeous, like watercolored Parisian world. And it, it, it's just my happy place. I put that on and um, yeah. everything's okay in the world. So yeah, it have to be the overture from Amour. Okay, so that is the end of all of the questions. I'm now going to run through and tell you your musical theatre mixtape, Way Dabble. Amazing. Pharaoh's Dreams Explained from Joseph. What an opener. (laughs) (laughs) Swiftly coming on with the Summer Holiday Mega Mix. (laughs) I forgot we included that. (laughs) Then Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors with honourable mentions to Parade and Urinetown. But then coming in with Run, Freedom, Run from Urinetown. The next track is Heart and Music from the 1990s version of A New Brain. Yeah, I highly recommend that one. Followed by Time Stops from Big Fish. Finishing the Hat from Sunday in the Park with George. Now, I've already forgotten the name of the song from Dreamboats and oh, Petticoats, yeah, well, but I didn't write um, it down. But that... The Do Run Run from Dreamboats yeah. and Petticoats. I have to say, I did zone out at that point, so I didn't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's in there, that's in there. Um, Alone in the Universe from Susicle, with an honourable mention to Legally Blonde there as well. And to end it off with an overture, for some strange reason. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to end your mixtape with the overture from Amour. How does that sound to you? I love it. It starts off so cheesy. (laughs) I I really pride myself on you kind of, I've just started saying, oh, I'm an amateur musical theatre historian. (laughs) And I've started it off with Pharaoh's Jones (laughs) and the summer holiday mega mix. But but it gets better as it goes along. So stick with it. (laughs) Yeah, stick with it. Now, obviously, this is a uh, theoretical mega mix. I can't actually be bothered or a mixtape, I can't actually be bothered to make... (laughs) I can't actually be bothered to make the mixtape myself. So if you want to do it, if you're listening, get on Spotify, make your own playlist, and have a great time. So that is the end of the first episode of the Musical Theatre Mixtape. Thank you, Wade. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for coming on. It's been a great time. It's a great mixtape you got going on there. Thank you very much. I, I shall listen to it every day for the rest of lockdown. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Wade. Thanks, Nick. See you next time. We will be back next week with another guest. Tune in to find out who that is going to be. See you later.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.